Welcome, everyone, to the Rabbit Tree Center Homestead Podcast, where we'll discuss all facets of running and operating a rabbit tree. This podcast is intended to be your go-to source of information as we answer all your rabbit tree questions and more. And now, from Bath, Michigan, your host, Bobby Jimenez. Thank you so much, everybody, for, for being here. First podcast ever. We've actually had a couple test runs. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the studio is still building. We're actually still waiting on our sign. Uh, we actually have sound foam hanging from the ceiling right now, but, uh, I mean, literally hanging because the staples came out. So we have some repairs to make, but, but yeah, super happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Rusty, for being here. Very excited um, to be part of it. Yeah. Thank you guys. And then, uh, also I should give a shout out to Jason White from Plans and Provisions. Thank you, man. You were a big inspiration and I probably wouldn't have started this if it wasn't for you. So, you know, they invited me to be on his podcast and I had such a good time. And I was like, you know what? All he had to say was, you should do this. And I said, okay. Shout out. <laughs> yep. So thank you, Jason. So let's do it. All right. Here we go. So why don't you give everybody a, a, a background of um, what the podcast is going to be about? What kind of topics we'll be covering? Um, I specialize in video uh, tutorial videos to help you with your rabbitry on YouTube. I run a YouTube channel. Uh, I have it's called the Rabbitry Center, and we also have uh, honeybees on the property. We hunt deer on our property. Uh, we have a small property in Bath, Michigan, and we live close to the Rose Lake Research Center. We, I convinced my wife years ago to move our family near Rose Lake Research Center because I was hunting it every year, making that drive back and forth. I said, boy, you know, I'd really like to get closer. And now I am right down the road, less than, I think it's about a quarter mile. So yeah, I'm back home quick. Very close. But yeah, that's what we do on the property. We run, uh, you know, a small rabbitry. We run 12 cages. Um, you know, there's, there's some big operations, but what we do is we specialize in, in videos. We try to put a lot of content out there. And just in the last couple of years, we started making courses and really getting excited about them. And I have to try my hardest not to mention them in every video because it's like I, people are like, I feel like you're shoving it down my throat, Bobby. That's why I'll, <laughs> I will mention them. Yep. So, but yeah, uh, that's, that's what I do. I have three kids. Uh, I've been married to Rachel for oh, 13 years and, uh, and I work heating and cooling in three days a week. And then I run my rabbitry and sell bees. So that's what, that's pretty much what I do. Well, I work, uh, retail, sell, uh, lawnmowers, uh, Xmark and Skag, and I sell the whole steel line of chainsaws, whips, and blowers, and all that. And, uh, I'm from Northern Michigan, so I love the outdoors. Grew up fishing and hunting and target shooting. And, and that's pretty much what I enjoy doing with my family and my grandkids every chance that we can. Red blooded American. Yeah. <laughs> So what are the advantages of homesteading, Bobby, and how do you approach your own? Uh, you know what? Uh, I absolutely I absolutely love this kind of life. It, you know, it's not for everybody, but uh, I really try my best to balance you know, family and, and work. And it's so easy for this to consume me, like homesteading with a, just producing meat, growing food, um, just staying active harvesting, uh, honey and things. Um, you know, I, I really try my best to make sure I at least have date night with Rachel every week because I absolutely love this life. I love going out and having rabbits and, and seeing them in the morning, you know, really when I say occupy my entire, I mean, it's 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. And, 
you know, I, I really started out when I was young just for meat production. That's what I wanted my rabbits for, but I didn't realize how enjoyable it was going to be enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, because it's, they're such a joy, you know, I mean, for perfect example, we were breeding them yesterday and one got out because we have this one, we call him Mr. Red. He just has no fear. I mean, he'll come right up to the door and then drop down three feet and rabbits are so sensitive, you know, yeah. they can, they can mess their back up. So, but I came back, I mean, it was only a minute. I must not, I must not have latched it correctly. And he was gone. And I was like, what? That's and my, my favorite rabbit, hands down. Oh, He's no. the best. And I was, I was sick about it all night. And uh, first thing in the morning, and today's going to be a 90 degree day. So as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to go out and put bottles in all the, the cages. Sorry, I'm already going off on a tangent. But <laughs> Mr. Red came right up to me. As soon as I stepped out, he was sitting under a pine tree about 40 feet away by the picnic table. I stepped out. I come down the stairs to grab the water bucket. He runs right up to me like a dog, hmm. puts his paws up on me. He's like, I'm hungry. Can you put me back in my cage? <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was awesome. so cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. and it's that kind of joy. It's just, I don't, I don't, I probably will, you know, I've, I've been raising rabbits now over 10 years and it's just flown by and I don't really, you know, Orrin, Orrin Reynolds, who was the old president of uh, ARBA. He and tell everybody he, what that is. Uh, American Rabbit Breeders Association is yeah. the biggest rabbit club. And, you know, they're experts. They really know their stuff. And, uh, the, you know, the standard of perfection when it comes to your breed of rabbit, they recognize over 50, it's 51 rabbits, I believe. I'm not a show person. Um, I am interested in shows and we, I want to reach out to folks out there that, you know, really know their stuff with shows and things. I can't wait for that. You know, I've always been just a backyard rabbit breeder that runs a small business and it's surprisingly profitable. And I like to share everything, you know, that I know. I, I have completely destroyed this question. I, I'm, I'm off on a tangent. I'm sorry. So explain how homesteading uh, relates to your situation. I, th I believe I'm a homesteader because uh, I, I, ra I produce meat from the livestock that I, I own, uh, I have nine raised beds on the property. I have, I run five food plots that grow food for my livestock. And when I say livestock, I mean bees, my honeybees, my rabbits. And, um, you know, I'm not running cows or goats or, uh, sheep or cow or, you know, horses like my neighbors. We live in a very rural area right behind us. We have cows and goats and, and, uh, trappers are right next to them. And then across the street, they're boarding horses and it's just a, it's a really nice place to live. Yeah. Pretty diverse. Yeah. And then, you know, we have our rabbits. There's also more rabbits, rabbitries in this, this city, but, um, you know, they just don't make videos the way I do, but maybe some of them do. I hope they do, but, but that's my lifestyle. You know, I just raise bees and, and raise rabbits and, and, uh, it's very enjoyable because it's, it's high quality chemical free meat and uh, good chemical free food. So raising rabbits naturally, how how would you explain that to people out there as far as what, – what do you mean by naturally? Well, I mean, there's really nothing to it. These rabbits are so hardy. I mean, they've been introduced to, you know, almost every, every continent except Antarctica. And they're used to balance the ecosystem. They don't need much. They're pretty hardy animals. And in, in general, they don't need vaccinations. So unless there's like an outbreak – in your area, uh, then maybe consider 
you know, protecting your rabbits, but, and that's only if your rabbits come in contact with cottontails, but, or, or wild rabbits. So you don't need to, it's, it's not like cows or breeding dogs. You know, you don't need vets to stop by as often for vaccinations or, or drugs. And so really fresh water and pellet or the food you grow. I mean, rabbits are built for fiber. They have five. I mean, they're, they're built for a fiber diet, high fiber diet. So, you know, you can grow this hay, you can grow this food. So naturally these rabbits are raised. So, um, without having a vet veterinarian checking on them and, uh, or taking them into the, to the vet, uh, how, how do you yourself ensure your rabbits are healthy? Uh, well, just by, um, monitoring their behavior every day, you know, because it's, you can even say you introduced a different fresh food. Say you're trying to introduce like, I don't know, lamb quarter or something, you know, it, Lamb quarter is high in, uh, or it can possibly make them like lethargic right away. But also it's just, you know, not the most, really, I should say any one thing is not as beneficial as a variety. You can notice when your rabbit may not agree with something or it may need to be reintroduced at a smaller portion more gradually at a later date. And they just look like they're having a tummy ache, you know, but in most cases, your rabbits are bright eyed. Uh, bushy tail jumping around, uh, very friendly, especially when you come out, they're jumping on their hide boxes and doing these donuts or they're, they're just cage door stalkers. They're really digging their face into the pellet. They'll, yeah. they'll put their face into the pellet, J feeder, then they'll look back at you. Like, why isn't the pellet in there yet? Yeah. You know, you can really see they're, they're not lethargic. So speaking of pellet, tell people some of the diverseness that comes to when you're, uh, the rabbit's diet that you have them on. Cause it's not just pellet. You also, like right. you're mentioning hay and you're mentioning, um, was yeah. It? I think folks, you know, they may, they'll feed their rabbits all sorts of stuff. And, you know, it, they really can get by and stay healthy on a very simple diet like uh, pellet and hay and fresh water. But, you know, the problem with pellet is it's, it's expensive and mm -hmm. people get tired of that, especially with inflation now. And they get tired of buying it all the time. And yeah. So everything's but, getting expensive nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you can grow simple stuff like, you know, fodder, fodder trees and, and hedges and, and, uh, food plots. And, you know, you can keep it simple or you can introduce like, you know, black oil, sunflower seeds or whole oats once in a while until you want to grow your own fresh food. All right. So filling up your rabbits with all those, all those different foods. And, uh, so obviously food goes in. Something comes out. What do you do with all that waste that uh, you end up having? Yeah, rabbits are manure making machines, and you better have a plan because when you have rabbits, you're going to have a lot of manure. But the good news is, there's no better manure. This is a cool manure where it can be added directly to your plants, and you don't have to let it compost or cool down. So you can add it directly into your gardens, your plants, uh, your, even your trees, you know, around the drip line or the tree trunk. Um, you know. I, you can make tea out of it. You can uh, add it to maybe some plants that you've just got done. You've propagated uh, and you're, you're cloning your trees and, and plants. You can make your own fertilizer. You know, that fertilizer is super expensive. I mean, you, you send away for this stuff. It's sometimes $100 for a 50-pound bag. Holy smokes. But the best – yeah, the, the best thing about rabbits, if it's not that high quality meat, it's this high quality manure. Yeah. And you can make your own fertilizer tea to, to maybe run a nursery and be part of your rabbitry because that's how it starts. Just rabbits. But eventually you'll realize, boy, I've got high quality manure. I've got. 
plants that are feeding off this rabbit. And we said it before. <laughs> There's just nothing like high quality manure. Is there? <laughs> <Boy>. Holy crap. <laughs> That's Rusty's joke. That's I stole. It's <laughs> a really good poop. Um, so yeah, cause the manure goes into the garden. The garden goes into the farmer. The farmer feeds the rabbit. The rabbit. Eats from the garden. It's like a circle. It's like a circle. So a wonderful circle. So how do you introduce rabbit meat into your into your diet? Into your diet? Um, well, I just basically re- replaced my chicken, which sadly is you know the poultry department in the U.S. Not to bash it because I you know I love this country, but go ahead and bash it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to bash it. And, um, it's just. They, they're using chlorine baths and, and, uh, you know, ammonia monoxide, all, all this, all this stuff to, to dye the meat and, uh, clean the meat because the, the environments are just so dirty. And so we've replaced our chicken, um, with the white rabbit meat yeah. and we quarter and we package just like you'd get it in the store. So like the hind quarters would be the chicken breast, the back straps are the chicken strips and the front quarters are the chicken wings. And that's the way Rachel requested anyway. But she wasn't uh, quick to the draw on, on eating rabbit, was she? No, no, sir. She, she was a rabbit pet person and uh, she wouldn't even, she didn't want me to put it on a plate near her in the beginning, but I'll tell you how to do this. This is how you, Convince your loved one to to eat rabbit. Back rubs? Back rubs are always good to convince your wife of anything. But what you do is you make sure – because, you know, one night she's not going to want to make dinner. When she's tired, when she's exhausted, and she's – you know, she just says, oh, I really don't want to do it. You take that opportunity and say, honey, I got it. I got it. You got a recipe in your back pocket. You're ready to go. And you make this delicious rabbit meal and she's going to be too tired to even ask you. And she's going to smell it. She's going to, it, she's going to be so hungry. She may, and then how it starts is a baby nibble. And, and that's when you tell her, just, just try it. Just try a little bite. And she'll take this little baby nibble and then she'll say, I don't really like it. And is that, that Rachel? That's Rachel. That's Rachel. And she voice? says, yeah, oh, Rachel's talking. She's got a, she's got a very little, yeah, it's like Michael. She's got a very little voice, but it, it's kind of cracky, like Lois from Family Guy. Yeah. So it's, ador- it's cute. It's adorable. But, uh, so what was I saying? You got lost on my talking sweetheart. About the great meal you're going to cook her. Oh, yeah. That's how it was. So habit. finally she was so exhausted. She tried it and then she was like, I don't like it. And then, of course, you're like, that's delicious. You're just trying not to like it. And, um, and slowly after a few years and four to five meals, she finally broke down and now she bites into that leg like someone's trying to steal it. Ah, uh, so, so there you go. Yeah. So you so, convinced her. Yeah. And she, and she likes them packaged that way because, you know, if, if Cameron and Brandon's over and we have some company, uh, that, that's my boys. She can make, she, she has a package of four chicken breasts. So she can whip it up, but it, it's not the same if it's a quartered rabbit, you know, yeah. so makes it easier. So do you see benefits between raising rabbits and raising bees? Is there, are the bees that benefit in any way to the rabbits and vice versa? Uh, yeah, because the rabbits will eat the food that's pollinated by the, the bees. The bees and the rabbits often eat the same thing like buckwheat or vetch, um, two things that are pollinators. Um, or comfrey, that sort of thing. Yeah. These bees are and pollinating. You, you also do a food plot every year too. For, oh yeah, for d- the deer. 
And I'm sure that yep. the rabbits probably eat a lot of the same things that are in the deer plot. Yes. Yeah. They'll, they'll cover the fields. It's, it's terrific, you know, and then, uh, and then the rabbits, you know, the rabbits will eat the fruit trees and the bees will pollinate the, the fruit trees. And it's just, again, it's like a circle. And that's just been a terrific addition. I mean, two things that are a terrific addition to any property is absolutely honeybees and rabbits because they're, they're both quiet. They're both incredible producers. Yeah. And they're a pleasure. You know, I mean, beekeeping bees have not to, not to go off on it because we're here to talk bunnies or rabbits. Oh, don't, don't call it a I show person. Don't call them call, bunnies. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I thought you said not to call them bunnies. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't want to say bunny in front of a show person. So show person, show people they really know their stuff, you know, and, and there's all these rules because you're trying to be, you know, the, the most educated, which is great. And you actually get, yeah, you get deducted points for calling your rabbit bunny during, and, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if somebody out there that knows shows better. What, if, sure. the, what if the rabbit's name is bunny? <laughs> <laughs> Then that's like call it a dog stay. Come here, stay. <laughs> then you're in trouble. <laughs> a dog don't just lays down. Name. Don't say its name. Don't say its uh, name. So yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, we were talking about your food plot and how uh, your rabbits can utilize it, but at the same time, yeah. your, your deer can utilize it. Yeah. And that's the thing, like knowing that um, deer are going to be eating out of this food plot, bees are going to be pollinating it, rabbits are going to be eating this. We go out there and we harvest or fill up our wheelbarrow, or even sometimes we slide a lot of food on our um, our uh, snow sled. I want something that the deer can eat, the rabbits can eat, and the bees can pollinate. So, Is there anything... That you shouldn't feed your bunny that people might think, that, like, for example, you know, because of cartoons, people think yeah. rabbits love carrots. <clears throat> that's that's right. Great point. Hey, Gabe, can you tell us when we're at 15 so we can do our product? We're at 19. Oh, crap. Okay. Let's break for our product. Um, let's talk about that cultivator that you used on this, the raised beds this year. Um, oh, yeah. The little uh, portable tiller. Yeah. C can you check that out in gardening, Gabe? And it should be in there somewhere under the... The gardening link, because that was incredible. You brought that over. I had no idea they even had that. And we knocked, you you knocked all the raised beds out. Oh yeah. It, it took less, I think less than 10 minutes. I looked back on that video and uh, you really need to get a tan on those legs, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. are scary D's. Yeah. I need to get out in the sun more. Good boots though. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. So I see I compliment. I should have complimented first. <laughs> yeah. And then you follow up with a compliment. Yeah, so compliment, criticize, compliment. I'm I'm such a jerk. I'll stop. That's all right. Thanks for thanks for coming out. I'll remind you. Well, that's, I wanted to buy the beer. That's how I that's how I get you. Yeah, that was good. Thanks. You bet, man. Speaking of beer, I'll drink Hopefully this Coca-Cola. We'll sponsors. And um, yeah, I think it was the Green Machine Green Machine Pro. Oh, geez, I shouldn't do that. Does it look like mine though? Yeah, that cultivator was. I mean, what you said yours was a hundred dollars. It was right around there, like 129. I got it from Menards. So Rusty's going to share you the description. This is in our storefront. This cultivator was amazing. It knocked out all the raised beds. Uh, really, I mean, I think you were done in like 30 minutes, all of them. And I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought this this tool was going to be like 400 dollars, and it was only a hundred. Well, it's gone up since you know, 2020. Yeah. But that was when you came up, I think 2021 or something. So the last couple of years, it's gone up, I think 50 bucks, but it's still under $200. Wow. This is a long description. 
We'll do your best. Uh, the dirty little secret of great gardens. Experience one tiller that truly is up to task. Introducing, introducing a greener, cleaner way to get dirty with Sun Joe. The electric tiller cultivator, a powerful 15.5 amp motor, quickly pulverizes dirt, effortlessly slicing through the soil at 370 RPM, ensuring maximum aeration, perfect preparing the seedbed for planting, cultivating an area of 16 inches wide and up to 8 inches deep in seconds. Control weeds were needed, and Sun Joe tames the toughest yard garden tasks and more comfort and more comfort, less strain. <laughs> Three positions, height adjustable reel wheels make it easy to maneuver wherever it's needed, and it's classable. Handles make it a cinch to store in what's not an even tighter spot for most. It comes with a full two-year warranty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well done. That was great. Gosh. <laughs> That was a lot of information. That was My a goodness. lot. That was a long. That was, that was, that was a long description. They would have had to buy like sixty seconds of airtime that's, to yeah, get that commercial. That's really be expensive. Yeah, what an amazing tool, though. Totally recommend that you guys, and you can find that in the Rabbitry Center storefront. Can't wait to see what the next product is. Next podcast. Yeah. Well, I got to go clear all the stinking lamb quarter out of the raised beds because they're out of control. And because I we harvested, but then it. I mean, it made it up to like four or five feet after all that rain. We had floods of rain. How did the lambs get in there? <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, and this stuff grows like tree stems. I yeah. mean, it's very tough. So, and it takes a lot of dirt out. So, we may even have to refill the it's dirt. Like locust. So, um, it damn near. Yeah, so, that's tough stuff. Yeah, and mean big long spikes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's like text stuff that grows in Texas. Oh god, it just yeah. reaches out it's and terrible. grabs you. It's terrible. That's what I love about Michigan. Nothing really hurts you except no. mosquitoes. Yeah, on our lakes. We've covered a lot. Um, you already mentioned your YouTube classes and online classes, so that about yeah. Does it. I don't dare. I just launched a video, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're there if you guys want to if you guys want to try out some online courses. I mean, definitely it's going to shave your your learning curve. So I mean, I'm basically sharing everything that I've learned running my rabbitry for the last ten years, and but. Um, you know, and we're going to dive into that next podcast about uh, yeah. basically how to start your own. Yeah, I mean, I, you ask about homesteading. I'm so glad you did because I, I've never really felt like a homestead. But then on the rabbit when you the intro when you're, it's like the Rabbitry Center Homestead Podcast, it's like, well, I guess I I am homesteading. I mean, I'm growing, I'm producing, I'm you know, I just never thought about that like like uh, like a homestead, but it is. It really is when you're producing meat. And when you're harvesting things regularly and when you absolutely love it, because don't stop having fun. I mean, don't let it turn into work. Yeah. But, you know, if I, you I love just, what you do. It's yeah. Not, it doesn't feel like work. And it's easy to get overwhelmed and with the rabbitry get too big too soon. And it's it can be a beautiful thing, but it also can be maddening because you're like, oh, my God, I can't do. I got to process all these rabbits. I got to find homes for all these rabbits. Yeah. Um, you know, all these bees are producing. Oh, my God, I'm up to two dozen hives. You know, and you don't take a lot of time off or, or no. go on very many vacations because you have to be there to feed them no. and yeah, I, take care of them. And- I work three days a week he- heating and cooling. I try to beekeep one day a week for, for my company, for the company I work for. And um, and then in the wintertime, I'll I'll do a lot more uh, PMs and for f- four days a week, but I'll always run my rabbitry Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I just enjoy it. Um, and really, it's only a matter of you know an hour in the morning and that even includes the bees or something uh, in an hour in the evening. So you're talking, there's a lot of time for family or even more things like maybe you play golf or maybe you play softball with your friends or maybe you watch your kids sports, you know, things like that. Uh, that just, you still can have a life. And you yeah, know, it just feels, you were, you were on a bowling team. 
No, I wasn't. I would my grandma and grandpa. Uh, my grandma and grandpa oh, were bowling joined, champions. I thought you joined the league. No, um, just your grandpa and grandpa. When I was a kid, <laughs> you don't know him. Um, but but yeah, I played a lot of, of baseball. My kids played a lot of baseball and football, and um, God, they wrestled and and there was so much. But yeah, you still can you still can have time. And they, the last ten years, we were still running this rabbitry and getting it. You know, we were at all the games. Yeah. So. But yeah, that was it's a it's a great life, and and I tell you, it feels like homesteading is getting popular again. And maybe it was because of what we all went through. Well, a couple I think years COVID ago. really yeah. shook a lot of people up and really made them refocus on things yeah. that they could help sustain themselves at home. You yeah. know, like uh, berry bushes and and uh, you know small gardens and um, you know even hanging gardens. Now, There's, yeah. you know, those are kind of a big thing coming back. But it's become so far from what. We all know. And, yeah. and growing up, you know, my grandpa had 80 acres out in Beaverton and he, everybody had a garden. My other, even my other grandpa had a my garden. My grandpa did too. Everybody's grandparents had a garden and uh, you don't see that as much and because folks are living in the city. And I read something the other day that said that only uh, 17% of the country live in rural areas and yeah. That went up since COVID went up 3%. So I guess that's up yeah. to 20%. So it's still rare. You know, we're talking a ma- large majority don't even know that folks, you know, process yeah. their own livestock that they can. They, well, some- life, I think after the second world war, I think life became more disposable. At least that was the path we were going on is, uh, you know, TV dinners came out and, you know, fast food started hitting big and, and uh, more, more things were, um, done outside the home, you know, most, you know, like our grandma and grandpa or just mine, um, would cook for grandpa every meal, you know, they cooked at home. They didn't go out unless it was like a really special occasion, like mm-hmm. maybe anniversary or something like that. You know, folks are finally starting to get their, they're willing to get their hands dirty and process an animal. And, and that's, that's not easy. So, yeah, you know, especially if you don't know anything about it. You know, you have to, we're, we're relearning all these things that everybody just knew it was common knowledge. So, and you know, I'm always learning. I'm, you know, some folks call me an expert, but I've never been comfortable with that. I'm just, I don't I'm, call you an expert. You don't call me that. You call me other things. <laughs> I always feel like I'm always learning and, and I forget things too. I forget things that I even, even learned. So I'm always trying to, heck, I was, I was rereading beyond the pellet the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, just because it was, it's terrific information. So, yeah. well, you, you have a tenacity for knowledge that you, you enjoy. And, you know, I think that's why you've done so well with the rabbitry, rabbitry center is because you've, like you said, you really enjoy it. So you, yeah, it's you, fun. you, you dive right in. Yeah. yeah. Because, and that's the thing. It's like, if you don't enjoy it, then it may not be Try it out, start small. And if it's not something you absolutely love, then it may even be hard to have the energy to do something that you don't, but I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy it because like I said, rabbits are, so darn cute, and they don't—they're—they're they're quiet. They don't. And you can housebreak them too. Yeah, you can even have them as, as how. Yeah, you can pick them. Yeah, there's one like like I was saying, Mister Red. You know, Rach often says she's like, "We're keeping him." <laughs> you know, when when his when his fertility goes down, we're we're gonna we're gonna move him in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, she's she's great. So, how did you come about choosing your own rabbit? I mean, when you got your first rabbit, I mean, how did you approach that in decision making as far as which breed where you were going to go with, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and then of course, did you get two right away or did you, I mean, did you go into it breeding or did, you know? 
Yeah, I, I wanted a meat production, and when I, the reason why I got into it was because I was a passionate deer hunter. But you only can do that October, November, December. So I wanted a, a meat production all year long. And so, what was cool about this was the venison replaced the 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 beef because we didn't want any chemical, you know, beef. And and at that time when I was starting out, organic farming really wasn't as big. I mean, it really only accounts for a percentage of sales yeah. and a, a low percentage of sales in the country still, even after all these thousands of organic farms. And I still think the organic items are more ex- more expensive still than the, than the other ones. At least they, they were mm. when they came out. Yeah. Yep. So, so I, we, we ended up replacing our venison or a beef with venison and then we wanted to replace our chicken with rabbit. And when I say we, I mean me in the beginning. Yeah. I was just, I've always been passionate about this. So you got two, you get three. How many did you, how many did I got you a buck and two does. I got a buck and two does. Okay. And that's what I recommend. That's what I recommend to everybody. Start small. And, uh, you know, because you're going to have one good dough, one maybe be- even better dough. And at the end of the year, you can, you realize, you know, okay, this is how much hay it takes. This is how much pellet it takes. This is how much it costs to raise three. Maybe now it's time to raise six. Yeah. And expand. How did you choose? What breed did you go with? Oh, I'm sorry. You asked that. Um, well, I just did a little, re- little research and, and, you know, it's still considered the number one meat rabbit of all time is New Zealand. Okay. So I tried to find New Zealand's and luckily I found a farm that actually no is longer has rabbits uh, about two hours away. So I made the trip and I, <laughs> when I started and I don't recommend this, I started with a white rabbit, a blue rabbit and a red rabbit. But you were, you were producing for meat. So yeah, I was pretty, I mean, yeah. You normally though, you wouldn't cross those colors. You're going to try to get a right. purebred, a black and a black or yeah. what you call them, a blue. Yeah, it looks gray, but it but it's called blue. Yeah, okay. and uh, yeah, because in New Zealand's they come now they come in black too, yeah, black, white, blue, red, broken. But you know that's not something I recommend. You don't want to mix them up. You know, some people are like, I don't care, but yeah. well, the people that you sell them to will. You what's know, the adv- what's the disadvantage to that? Well, because then you have hidden alleles, and when it comes to color genetics. Uh, you you want to be able to stack your alleles where you can have your dominant genetics will always show. And these hidden recessives will actually pop up like a secret person hiding in the backseat. And then all of a sudden, like I just ran into this because I, I had a, a granddaughter of a blue rabbit that once was bred with a chestnut that was an offspring from a blue and a red way down the line. And all of a sudden I looked at this litter and it was a litter of 11 and it's even got a little peanut that's still hanging in there on day five that it's got like three red rabbits and the rest are blue. And, uh, it's just a mix and I'm, you know, that's something that we haven't ran into before. Right. So I know that's where that's coming from. And you want to be able to get those alleles, like I said, stacked up where you can get regular results. So, and then you want to actually, it's called, you know, when you get rid of those alleles and you get the, the, the alleles stacked up, that's called homozygosity and you want that. And it's also called um, genetic drift when you're drifting those, those alleles that you don't want, those unwanted alleles. Right. So. Alleles. Alleles or yeah, genes. Okay. Yeah, because we, we get two, you know, there's a dominant and a recessive, but when you're, your offspring, you're only getting one of those from your parent. So that's how you have those gen- genetic mutations. So, and it's aggravating at first because you're like, what the heck am I getting? So you want your rabbits to have it stacked up for your customers. That way they're not, you know, because they want to make blue rabbits. They don't want red rabbits. 
So if you have those genes in there, you know, that's not recommended. Yeah. But none of yours are like registered. No, no, we didn't register any of them with the ARB only because we don't go to shows. In an event being you go to shows and you want to win and compete and just be around rabbit people and talk rabbits, which I recommend if that's what you want to do because those are good people and knowledgeable people that uh, you have to register your rabbit in order to, to receive your award. Yeah. So, you know, you can win the thing, but I can't. you can't actually be in the books or be awarded unless you are re- registering your rabbit. And that's a tattoo in the right ear. That's... The, the ARBA will uh, appoint somebody to come out and look over the rabbit to make sure it is, in fact, a purebred and it meets all the standard of perfections. And that doesn't mean you have an, a perfect rabbit. That just means it meets the minimum standard to be, yeah, to be, a, to be that breed considered a purebred. Is there one rabbit that's better eating than any other yet? ones? Well, we should probably wrap this up. I'm sorry. What was your okay. last question? Um, is there, was have, there one? You have one job, Gabe. <laughs> was the, is there, Gabe sitting here enjoying the conversation. I'm just awesome. Thanks, not. man. That's is one meat rabbit it. breed better tasting than another? Uh, well, the, what is it? The, the cream de, the arge or the, uh, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm bringing, I'm, I'm, uh, cream de argent. What do I want to say? Creme de la creme. I can't believe I'm, I'm drawing a blank on this. Dang it. Cream of the crop. That's good. Guess. Champagne d'argent. Oh my goodness! Champagne I was having a brain d'argent. aneurysm there. Champagne d'argent is supposed to be the bl- the black Angus. Sounds delicious. Of, of rabbit, but New Zealands are delicious. I tell you. I mean, they really take on the flavor of the dish, whatever you're preparing. So it's nothing that you can't, you know, make into a delicious meal. Yeah. But in most time, most of the time, it's because you know maybe you had an older rabbit, you have to cook it a certain way, like slow cook it or roast it or bake it, but. But yes, uh, Champagne, Champagne d'Argent, um, New Zealand's, um, you know, even the smaller rabbits like Florida Whites, you know, these are just like one big chunk of meat and, yeah. you know, they don't eat a lot. They do really well in heat and, you know, they're, they don't take up a lot of space. They're taking even less space. So, but yeah, we hit, I think we hit our time. Yeah. Th- thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Uh, tune in for our next episode where, what are we going to talk about, Russ? Uh, we're going to talk about starting your own rabbitry center and uh, what supplies <laughs> and things you need. Awesome. But you can't call it the rabbitry center. Uh, starting your own rabbitry. But it's a, it's a center of rabbits. Around. So, it's like a circle. It's like a circle. Thanks for listening, you guys. See you on the next episode. See you on the next one.